What's good, what's good, Ricardo? This is the Spoil Me Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Adams, and we are the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry. What up? I hope you are all doing well out there. I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all washing your hands and wearing your masks and making sure that you're standing at least six feet away from other people, but not six feet away from your TV screens and your computer screens while we do our latest episode. Um, want to give everybody in Bercago a massive amount of love and a massive amount of respect for doing all the wonderful things you've been doing out in the world. I see you. I hear you. I understand that things are a little bit difficult right now because of COVID, but I want to make sure that you are all understanding that you are loved, you're respected, and that you are uh, doing the damn thing. And I'm happy that you all are part of our community and of uh, the Spawn and Me clan uh, and residents of Bercago. Uh If you missed our last week's episode, you missed a fantastic one. We had uh, Me Too Kondakar. Uh, we had Latoya Peterson from Glow Up Games uh, all talking about their wonderful HBO inspired game uh, around the Insecure license um, starring Issa Rae and some of her, her other wonderful cohorts uh, in that space. Uh, we had a fantastic conversation about everything that was happening there. Um, and it was really, really dope to be able to break it down with, with people and get into the conversations around representation, around uh, building stuff uh, that's going to kind of lead your legacy out into the future and making sure that your name is in the annals of video game history by doing things for your peoples. Um, so this week is going to be a pretty uh, short episode. Uh, not a lot. There's, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but I feel like there's other things that are kind of taking precedent. Um, but I wanted to make sure that we hit some of the big topics of the week for sure. Uh, while we're digging into everything that's happening, um, in the space, uh, for this particular week. And there's no other way to do that, but jumping right directly into the 411. So we have lots of cool stuff to talk about this week. I feel like the world of news has not necessarily blown up, but I feel like there's been a lot of interesting stories that have kind of come out in the past 72 to, you know, whatever the heck next number is after that, uh, 96 hours uh, as it would be if I could actually know how to count and, and do that part right. Um, I would say there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, that you didn't necessarily get a chance to see behind the scenes or maybe have heard behind the scenes. But I feel like all the other cool information and news that has popped up, uh, at least in the last 24 hours especially, has been like really cool to dig into. Um, the first story that we want to dig into for sure is talking about, of course, the PS5 controller. PS5 controller is super, super cool. I think it is... Um, Something that when we were talking about how we wanted uh, Sony to kind of come out of the gate and talk about, you know, all the new parts of their hardware, we hadn't really seen or, 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 or had a chance to kind of get a chance to look at what the hardware was going to look like in a real way. Um, we all wanted to see what the box was going to be, uh, and that didn't happen. Uh, but sadly, we did, it will hopefully and gladly, we did get a chance to see the new controller. Um, I'm really excited and hyped for it. I think it's gorgeous. Um, I, you know, getting a close up look at it, you know, they have the, the same sensibilities that we've already seen from before. Uh, you know, the same kind of, uh, modeling around the DualShock 4, which I think was, was pretty great. 
and 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 I think what I love about what's happening in the controller right now is that everything feels I don't I don't want to say futuristic. I think that that's kind of an an easy route to go with, but I feel like the aesthetic that what they're going for right now is future future looking, but also has this kind of like interesting retro feel. Like it feels like um the 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 design was really smartly done in a way that makes it feel like it's going to be timeless in a in an interesting way. Um that was the thing that I did not expect to actually see be a thing that was going to wind up happening. Um there's a lot of cool pieces of the kit that that they talked about in the PlayStation blog for sure. It talked about the controller having USB-C uh compatibility now so you'll be able to actually use USB-C uh, to charge your controller. Uh, they talked about the haptic feedback parts of the controller. So basically, you know, they talked about driving through mud being uh, an example and feeling the 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 um, tension between the mud and your tires in the actual controller, in the actual triggers for sure. Um, they talked about the new not longer share button. It's now called the create button. Uh, they haven't talked about what that's actually going to do in terms of functionality yet, but I'm, assu- I'm assuming it's going to be fairly similar to what they've already had uh, with the share button. Um, that's going to be pretty, pretty damn cool. They, one of the biggest uh, other additions or other changes, I should say, is going to be towards the light sensor that used to be on the front of the controller, but is now kind of embedded within where the touchpad is, which I, d- I don't know if that means that there's no longer going to be uh, compatibility with the old PS VR controllers or the move controllers in that same way, or, or the PS VR headset, I should say. Um, I'm wondering if that means that the PS VR two won't necessarily be using the same vision, uh, you know, uh, software that they used before, uh, where it's looking directly for the light that's on the controller itself. I wonder how that's going to change a lot of different things. Um, with the way that the controller is going to actually function in that way. Um, it's a little bit wider. Uh, it feels like the triggers and the, 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 the bumper buttons are a little bit closer together now, uh, which I think is really important and interesting. Um, I do think that the white color is going to be a signal of what's to come with the actual, uh, with the actual PS five. I would love for them to go all white with the PS five. I think that's a, a really interesting and cool way to be able to do it. Um, I'm curious to see if that's what the route that they're going to go. Cause it would be kind of dope if they did. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be really cool to see, you know, what this PS five control is going to be able to do, how it's going to feel in the hand. Um, it's a little bit wider towards the bottom, like you can see in the picture there. Um, so lots of interesting conversations around it. I think one of the other cool parts about, um, what they showed was there were some fan made ones that people put on the internet. And what was really dope was the fact that the aesthetic for people kind of making their interesting mock-ups, everything looked like it would really fit well. So it kind of gave this idea of what's going to happen when a uh, collector's edition versions of controllers and all that stuff are going to wind up coming out. I feel like that's going to be something that's pretty interesting and, and, and going to be cool to see um, again, you know, what Sony does with the hardware Will it mimic the hardware again in the two-tone parts? Who knows? That'll be funky too to see if they did that. Um, so it leaves a lot of interesting <clears throat> ideas and, and and potential there for 
Sony to do lots of cool things, not only in the initial phases, but kind of going into the future as well with the dual sense controller as, as what they called it. Um, you know, if you're in the chat, let me know what you think about that thing. If you're in, you know, a podcast land, please send us some messages on social media about what you think about the PS5 controller. I think it's going to be pretty funky. I'm really excited for it. I'm very, very hyped for the ability for that thing to be, um, something that we see out in the world as that's going to be very, very cool. Um, I just can't wait to see what they're actually going to do with it. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, number two on the show this week is all about Valorant. Uh, Valorant? Valorant? How do you say it? I don't really know. I'm trying to figure out the best ways to say it. Is it Valorant or Valorant? I don't know. Somebody tell me uh, in podcast land and then Twitch land. Let me know what it actually sounds like. Um, but Valorant is looking amazing. Um, I have been watching so many streams right now of, of how that thing is going to work. I think I've been looking to see just how many, um, you know, things we're going to be able to see and play and, and get a chance to mess around with, um, the, the Twitch parts of Valorant being played on stream right now are kind of the thing that everybody's been talking about. Like, yes, it's a CS clone characters look really cool. The, 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 the powers that you have in the game seem to be very, very different than what we're used to seeing. Um, and it feels like everything feels very, very different and unique in the way that they're kind of, um, giving this game to folks. They had these drops that went all, all over all these whitelisted channels on Twitch and Twitch numbers are huge right now. I think for the past couple of days that the beta has been going on, we've seen at least, let me think, I think it was 1.5 million um, views per day for each one. Like, I think that was the number that they shared. It looks super good. It feels like it is going to play really well from what a lot of folks have been talking about. They are loving the fact that the gameplay uh, feels quick and it feels snappy. It feels like a CSGO game or I'm sorry, a CS game. Um, and the thing that's going to set it apart is the characters, right? The characters are going to be there. Uh, and once people kind of grok what they, you know, roles they want to play and which characters they want to play around with, it's going to be really dope to be able to see, you know, how this plays in an esports way, how this plays when not, you know, all the Twitch streamers are kind of playing it. And when it kind of, you know, gets back to a level where, you know, the, 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 the non massively amazing gamer uh, section of the gaming space kind of gets into it and gets a chance to play around with it. That's going to be huge. I think that's going to be a fantastic boon for whomever is trying to stream that thing and whoever is trying to be the next kind of um, pro player in this space. What they're going to do with esports is going to be huge because I feel like this is already, I'm not going to say it's esports ready because I don't know the the balancing of stuff still has to play itself out. I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do with it. But I do feel like for a game that we've seen jump onto the scene fairly quickly and seeing so many people really enjoy it and really dig the, the nuances of the powers and the power plays and, you know, learning how to navigate the maps and learning how to, you know, uh, get the best routes to specific things. I think that there's a lot of cool stuff here that uh, I think Riot has a hit. Like Riot is probably going to, 
cake off this thing really, really well uh, because of how good everything has already seemed to have felt. I sadly have not gotten a code yet. Uh, I have been sitting in numerous streams hoping for a drop and have not gotten a code yet. Uh, so I can't say anything about any firsthand knowledge about playing it yet. Um, trust me, I've been playing a whole bunch of stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but for sure, like I haven't seen a game like this take fire in a very long time. And it feels like being able to see something like this kind of be in the space and do so well and capture so many, um, especially content creators, eyes, ears, and heart so far is pretty cool to see. Like that's a thing that you don't really see often. Um, but it's nice when these things kind of bubble up to the forefront. I wonder if Riot even knew how big this thing was going to wind up being and how much it's going to continue to grow. Uh, with those kinds of numbers on Twitch, I'm assuming that it's just going to stay at the top of the, at least the top 10 for a fairly long time until the skill gap kind of balances itself out. Um, so massive shout out to Riot right now. Riot is, is riding high um, and they deserve all the kudos right now for putting out a fantastic beta. Um, who knows again what and how big this thing is going to be but it is a thing that you should all be paying attention to even if you're not really into the pc uh, shooter space uh, just because i think a lot of cool stuff is going to come out of that community so make sure you're paying attention to that bit um the other story for this week is all about disintegration um disintegration if you remember me talking about disintegration before um, back at E3, we had the game director on uh, an interview talking about this game called Disintegration. So Dis Disintegration is this first-person shooter where you're in the uh, you're in this vehicle called a grav cycle. Grav cycle has onboard weapons, um, and you can you know basically shoot at you know units on the ground that you control. Uh, uh, so let me back up a step. You control ground uh, forces and ground and ground units while you're in the grav cycle. Grav cycle is able to shoot both enemies on the ground and also other grav cycles in the air. So you have this mix of first person shooter and tactical uh, a tactical fighter uh, where, you know, you're either trying to uh, basically like capture the flag from one place to another or you're trying to uh, eliminate the, uh, the other team. Um, but it was always, you know, kind of initially talked about in, in ways that were more of like a multiplayer only fashion. Um, the wonderful folks over from private division and, and, uh, V1 in, uh, interactive, uh, brought us all in for a conversation the other day and talked about the single player aspect of disintegration, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, we didn't really hear. Um, when we first talked to them at E3 about what that might look like. Uh, but we got a really cool, fantastic look at not only what they're trying to do with, um, you know, with the story-based uh, single-player content, but also with the way that they're thinking about showcasing, you know, all the changes that they asked for that happened in the technical beta that went along um a couple months prior, you know, a couple months after they actually did the announcement at E3. Uh, one of the questions I did ask during that conversation was, did a lot of the changes that you saw uh, or, or that people asked for during the technical beta, did a lot of that stuff kind of get into the game? 
and they definitely were like, yeah, they had so much great feedback and a lot of those changes, they kind of already knew about the, the rough spots that they had, but it was cool to be able to have them say that, yo, the feedback that we got was definitely being used. Um, and that was definitely a thing that people cared about. Um, what I love about what they've done in the single player stuff is it's a little bit more difficult when in multiplayer to slow a game down because everyone's playing at the same time and, and being competitive. But some of the powers that you use and some of the abilities that you have, those things change the way you play in the single player. You'll have this time dilation aspect that happens where things will slow down when you're trying to maneuver and when you're trying to um, engage an enemy, uh, which I thought was, was pretty cool uh, in the way that they talked about that. Um, there's also a pretty big story element to the single player parts where you're kind of talking about and, 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 and kind of regaining your, huma your humanity uh, with the characters that you see and you're having conversations with some of the folks throughout some of those factions that you saw within the game as well and how they kind of want to build out the story there. Um, I thought it was really, really um, cool that they were thinking about it in those ways and that they want to build upon the lore that you already kind of see in the disintegration universe, which I think was pretty funky. I thought that was something that I didn't expect to hear. I didn't expect that to be a thing that they were going to do. Um, and that just makes the life of that game even longer for folks who are already interested in playing that particular game. So massive shout out to the folks over at V1 Interactive. I think um, what I'm most excited about is again, you know, what is it going to look like when I get a squad of my friends together and we finally get a chance to play? Um, I'm really excited at the prospect of taking all my people in um, and having them all kind of like get a chance to run with me and, and, and be a part of our crews and run um, some matches with some of that stuff. Because I had a blast during the technical beta. The technical beta was, was very, very cool. Um, so being able to dive back into that thing um, you know, level up my grab cycles and make sure that all the cool stuff that I have there is, is, is actually working. Like I'm pretty hyped about that stuff. So those are things that I'm really, uh, looking forward to. Um, we're definitely going to try to snag, uh, you know, folks from V1 again to come on the show post launch to see, you know, if we can have conversations and bring them on to talk to all of you. Um, they've always been fantastic with us. So I definitely expect for us to have some chats with them. Um, in the future and hopefully, you know, hopefully nothing gets pushed back uh, in terms of, you know, we've seen a lot of conversations about games being pushed back because of COVID. Um, I'm hoping that their their game hits their, their mark and their launch mark because then we get a chance to play together and that'll be pretty damn fantastic. So lots of news this week. Uh, really cool stuff. One other story that I didn't get a chance to quickly mention um, there was one conversation in the rule set around nudity and clothing got updated in the TOS for Twitch. Um, there's always been these conversations around boob streamers and, and, you know, are women using their bodies to, <clears throat> to kind of gain more access and gain more uh, visibility on Twitch. You know, we've always, you know, we as spawn on me have always thought that that was a stupid argument and pretty dumb. Um, but it was always interesting to see what Twitch was going to do when it came to enforcing, you know, what they wanted to to do in that respect. Um, and I thought that it was pretty interesting um, how they looked at it. Um, I think that there were a couple of quick things that really stood out to me when they had the conversation around the, you know, how people wanted 
to showcase their bodies on the platform. Um, it's always been one I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I've always been really interested in why they enforced it with some people and some others. Like, interestingly enough, there's a thing about nipples, right? So everybody has them. Well, I'm not going to say everybody has them. Most people have them. <laughs> but there's always been this like policing of women's bodies in that in that way, uh, where it came to you know what they want to do in that space. Um, what I've always found kind of silly is that they don't really police men's bodies in that way, uh, which I thought was was pretty pretty um, interesting. Um, one of the things I thought was pretty pretty telling was. Uh, I'm going to kind of go down a quick list of some of the things that I thought was, was, was actually like the standout parts of that. Um, they were like, for, for those uh, who present as women, we ask that you cover your nipples. We do not permit exposed underbust. Uh, cleavage is unrestricted as long as those coverage requirements are met. So it's like weird that under boob is a very specific thing that you can't show and you, and whip and, folks who present as women have to cover up their nipples, but men don't have to cover up their nipples at all. Um, there were a lot of mini conversations within the, the TOS also about like sheer clothing versus not sheer clothing. Um, I, I just found it to be really like, I get that they're trying to cover their asses on some of this stuff, but it also feels super restrictive and very much towards women again. Like, I don't know what you do about that in a real way that that makes that even besides just making it even and saying, like, if women can't do it and then men can't do it, like, just make it easy um, with any of that stuff. Um, they also talked about content that is considered to be sexually suggestive. Um, it says content or camera focuses on breast, buttocks, pelvic region uh, that includes poses or deliberately highlighting these elements. Again, if your camera is pointed at your body and your breasts are out or your cleavage is out, is that going to be something that people are like that sexually suggestive when, you know, your body is your body? Like you can just be, a, you know, person with your breast out or, your, or your, your, your cleavage out. It doesn't mean that you are particularly trying to be sexually suggestive. But if other people deem that as so, does that mean you get a strike against you? Um one of the other things I found really um, interesting as well was the fact that Twitch will not let you show AO or adult only games um, on your streams. Sure, there are absolutely some that absolutely shouldn't be shown in there. You can tell just directly from the names of the games themselves. But one of the ones that I thought was actually pretty uh, weird to see on the list was one called Genital Jousting. So Genital Jousting is a game that I've seen for a very long time. It shows penises. Um, but the penises aren't, um, I wouldn't say it's sexual in any way. There are penises that go inside of the penises or in go insides of anuses and all those kinds of things. But th the idea, the game doesn't really make it seem in the ways when I've seen it or played it, that there's a sexual connotation, even though simulated sexual, I don't even know if I would even call it intercourse. Cause it's like, detached penises <laughs> it's like disembodied genitals that are touching each other it's a weird it's a weird game it's dope actually you should go check it out it's actually pretty fun it's a great party game um but 
to see that that was a thing that was very specifically called out to you within their list of prohibited games was also something that I found to be fairly interesting. Um, who knows how Twitch is going to continue to uh, police these things. I think it's been good to see that them actually take the step to 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 do that work and to um, to you know address it in a real way. Um, I think that that's good. They need to continue to evolve their their language. They need to keep in evolving their policies so that it is more inclusive. Um, but it is very much so. Um, still feeling like it is kind of keeping women from being their full selves when they want to be their full selves because of all these kind of restrictions that go along with it. So lots of news this week. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, about two minutes, going to grab some water, move some things around. Um, and again, thank you so much for rocking with this week and every week. Uh, we'll be right back after this. good everybody in Bracago. if you missed the first part of our show in the spawn on me podcast you missed some wonderful conversations around not only the ps4 i'm sorry ps4 ps5's dual sense controller uh, we talked about valorant and its wonderful rise on twitch and we also talked a little bit about disintegration and the really cool single player campaign that they have coming out very very Hopefully soon, I'm excited for it and need to be able to play some of that bad boy for sure. Um, so what we've been playing is a lot of stuff this week. I have spent so much time uh, digging in and playing a whole bunch of games uh, because there's a lot of stuff to actually play. Uh, lots of things to actually get it in with. Uh, one of the games that I have absolutely been rocking super hard of late has been Resident Evil 3 Remake. I have lots of thoughts about that game, lots of thoughts about what that thing is doing. And I will honestly say, I will say without a shadow of a doubt that you should wait and not buy that game yet. I think that is a game that you should absolutely wait till it goes on sale. I think you should wait and you should just hold your money for now because it's a weird game. Like I like it in some aspects. I think it's cool in some, in some forms of fashions. But man, like they dropped the ball so hard on this game. It looks really cool. It's very pretty. Um, I think what they've done in terms of their graphical style, they've figured out a good way to revamp that game and make it look fantastic. 
but and it plays okay whenever you're not playing and fighting the nemesis the nemesis of course is one of those characters that is a, a character that's super hard to kill uh it takes forever to knock it down and make sure that it's like out of your way but you have this force that just keeps tracking you and following you and trying to kill you which i wouldn't mind if the game played well enough where you could kind of do what you feel like you're supposed to be doing while you play it and the controls in that game of course i'm a big resident evil fan i understand that tank controls are a thing but the the jankiness and the hitboxes for the nemesis like i'm trying my hardest to use the dodge uh feature that you have in the game there's this dodge that you can roll out of the way you can kind of shift your waist from the side to side to get out of the way of the actual fight and it doesn't work well like the hitbox that nemesis has is like the whole size of a screen <laughs> i've been trying to dodge this dude's big ass hands for like hours and hours on end and for some strange magical reason I, for some reason, can't do it well. I don't know why that is. I don't understand what the thing is that makes that a, a, a problem. I wish I knew what it was. Uh, but for some magical reason, I can't figure that part out. I don't know what it is. It makes me feel old and sucky as a human being and as a, as a video game player. But for some strange reason, I am not able to grok my way through it and figure out ways to not get my ass beat by Nemesis. To the point where they, you know, if you die a, a certain amount of times, they basically tell you like, hey, do you want to go into assisted mode? And I'm like actually mad at the fact that they keep telling me to go to assisted mode because I'm like, you could have made your game better instead of you trying to make me feel bad about the way I'm sucking it up. <laughs> and that's fucked up. Don't do that to me because I have feelings and emotions and that's not the way I play. Um, so Resident Evil is definitely like a bag of, you know, it's a mixed bag. That's not the what. That's not what I really wanted to say. Um, it's a mixed bag for sure. Um, alongside the single player content, you have a multiplayer layer to uh, the game as well. Which I'll be honest, like the fact that 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 multiplayer is in the game is an abomination. That 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 multiplayer is just unreasonably bad like it's a thing that i didn't expect to be as bad as it was like i was really excited for the opportunity and the ideas around what they were trying to do which is this 4v1 kind of action right so it's like you have this one person who's the mastermind the mastermind basically sets up all these traps for you within these these sets in these in these rooms and you're supposed to work together to figure out ways to get out of you know the 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 particular house or the particular rooms that you're in and, and, and get to an elevator which will then let you out of the building or out of the 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 structure that you're in um and it just feels super lopsided and clunky and 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 not fun like there was a i was playing the other day and 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 the person as soon as you get out of the room there's like traps on the floor so there's no like grace period before you like are safe before they can like start putting traps on the ground and they will spawn enemies in front of you. They'll spawn enemies behind you, all in ways to kind of screw over your attempts to get out. But a lot of it just feels haphazard and doesn't feel smartly done. It doesn't feel like I actually have a chance to um, like implore any strategy when I'm trying to play that game. It just feels like I'm running or shooting or you know doing stuff in the space to, to, to get myself out of a 
a predicament. Um, it's really disappointing. I was really looking forward to Resident Evil 3. And there was this conversation I saw pop up on Twitter the other day that was like, do you want Capcom to make any more remakes? And I'm like, no, I don't want you to make any more remakes. I think all the remakes now need to be just done. Like no more remakes. The best game that they made in a very long time was seven. I thoroughly enjoyed seven. I thought seven was a fantastic game. Um, it was really well done. It was really smartly done. Um, it had VR elements to it, it had new characters, it had new storytelling, uh, new stories to tell as well. And I thought that was badass. It was really, really dope. This is not what I want from a Capcom title. I am very disappointed in my $50 spend, uh, $60 spend. And the fact that also that this game is full price is also kind of shitty. Like it shouldn't be full price. This is not a full price game. This is a 30, this is a $40 game that they pushed to 60 because it's a Capcom, Capcom title and it has Resident Evil on the name of it. So I feel really mad about that purchase. Um, I, I'm very upset at the fact that I paid money for, for, for this thing. Um, and I'm sad that other people are going to be disappointed with a short, clunky, not well done game that a lot of people uh, should definitely maybe just skip. I think it's a definite skip in that respect. So uh, Resident Evil 3 is whack. Don't do that joint. Don't do it to yourself. Uh, make sure you, you you jump out of that space as fast as you possibly can. Um, the other game that I've been playing a whole bunch of has been Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge is fantastic. Um, it's a game from Ninja Theory. It is this uh, 4v4 uh, melee battle game feels a little bit like overwatch feels a little bit like power stone um what i love about it is the fact that you have all these wonderfully uh realized characters who are very special in the way that they uh, attack uh not only uh through their through their powers but through their kind of style right so the characters that i that i'm playing right now i love one she's an old woman uh, her name is Maeve. She basically rides around on one of those bouncy balls uh, that you would get in the in, in Target or in the mall, uh, and and that you sit on and kind of ride. Uh, and she has like so many dope powers that it's so cool. She's like basically will trap you with this cage, and then she'll like do a lifesteal move. It feels like the game itself can be bigger than what it is. It just feels like no one's playing it right now, which I find to be fairly fairly sad. I think that, you know, Ninja Theory has been a, a, a company that has proven their pedigree. They know what to do. They know how to make a really good game. I feel like this game has nothing but cool ways to grow if people will kind of tackle it and actually, you know, do cool things with it. But we don't know what's going to wind up happening yet until people actually like absorb it and kind of come to it and play it. Uh, I'm again having a blast. There's like eight characters. No, there's like five, six, seven, like maybe I think 12 characters in the game, I think. Um, and each one of them feels very special. I love the synergies between teams. I love the fact that you can play between a tank and a, an attacker and a healer. Uh, and each one of those characters brings something very special to the table. Uh, and it's just really dope to see a company like Ninja Theory, who has been known for doing games like Hellblade and all these kind of things go into this light and airy space and make something that is a little bit different. Um, it feels like it was something that was kind of necessary in the space when you have so many serious shooters in, 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 
in the gaming landscape right now uh, for them to have something like this in there as a option for people to play and it's on game pass which means you can play it on console and you can play it on pc and your um and your progress will transfer over between the two there's like it's a no-brainer in terms of things to play like i think it's a thing that everyone right now should be checking out even if you don't stick with it i think you should definitely take your time and and go look at it and, and get some rounds in and play some of that stuff because i think it's very very good um and i think more people should definitely be checking that out so massive love to the folks over at ninja theory you're putting out one of my favorite games of the year so far um in bleeding edge which i think you should all absolutely check out last game for what we've been playing this week is a game that you might have heard about before it is called final fantasy remake a uh, final fantasy 7 remake um from our friends over at square enix uh, first off, let me say huge thank you to everybody at Square Enix for providing a copy of the game. Uh, hashtag ad. Uh, thank you so much for, for sending over a copy for us to check out and review. I'm about halfway through the game uh, currently. Um, I'm not at the parts that I think most people have been kind of uh, talking about when they have their reminisce sessions around Final Fantasy VII. Um, I will preface early uh, that I am... Uh, and I was for a very long time, a final fantasy seven hater. Uh, I initially played the game some years after the, uh, the game first came out, I think in 97, I, my first foray into it was on the Vita. Um, and I just heard all these conversations around like how wonderful this game was and how amazing this game was and how it changed the way that we think about JRPGs and how it changed the way that we think about Western development and all these things. So I went into it with high hopes and, and a lot of, of aspirations to be like, yo, this is going to be a dope experience. It's going to be fantastic. And I absolutely hated the way that Final Fantasy VII worked. It was one of those things that just made me mad. I hated the spontaneous battles. Um, I felt like every two pixels I would move and I would just get into a fight when I didn't want to get into a fight. Um, so I was like not excited at the fact that that was going to be a thing that I constantly had to do over a fairly long period of time. Um, fast forward to the most recent version of the game. And I will say the, the one part about the game that I really am paying attention to and digging has been the combat. Of course, the visuals have gotten a huge revamp. They've been working on Unreal, Unreal Engine, so that that's automatically going to be something that's pretty good. Um, but I was worried about the combat, and the combat was going to be a thing that was going to gatekeep me from having fun. Gl I'm glad to say that the combat in the game is phenomenal. It is really, really good. I'm absolutely surprised that hearing myself say that come out of my own mouth to say like a fan of fantasy thing was good. <laughs> but I'm really um, happy with the way that it plays. I feel like everything within it um, feels smart. It feels uh, like they took time to pay attention to the gripes that people had about uh, the old systems that they had within Final Fantasy VII. Um, and it feels like the switching between characters, the, the fighting on the fly, real-time battles, like all those things feel very, very good. They all feel smart. They all feel uh, modern. They all feel like the revamp and, and and remake is is treating those things well which i which i appreciate the biggest gripe i have currently is has nothing to do with the mechanics so far because the materia stuff too is even is is really well done super well done it's it's not as uh, obtuse as it was before in, in the first game right now though to be honest the thing that i'm the most worried about or the thing i'm struggling the most with is the story 
Like, I don't like anybody in this story so far. I'm halfway through it, uh, from what I can tell. Um, and I don't like anybody. Like, I, I, it, it's one of those things of like you hear about the iconic characters of of Cloud Strife and 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 uh, Tifa and, and 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 all the folks who are in that space who you're supposed to just like fall in love with and 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 be super excited about and happy about to see their journey through Midgar and and taking down Shinra Corporation and all this other and this stuff and Sethroth and all this stuff. And I can't front. I don't like any of the people who are in the who like all the eco terrorist crew who are in Avalanche. I don't like any of them. All of them are boring or annoying. Like Cloud is an annoying as fuck character. He's the captain of I don't care about nothing. I don't want to do anything besides you know get paid. Uh, a lot of that stuff just feels rote and 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 boring and corny. Tifa feels. Like the thing that makes me mad is like Tifa is a dope character and, and, and most of the women characters in the game are pretty dope, but they're like all throwing themselves at cloud. They like all are trying to give cloud the draws. Like everybody's trying to give cloud the draws in this game. And cloud is just like, I'm a soldier. And I'm like, you're an asshole. Like, how are you not taking the draws from all these people who are trying to give you the draws like this? And all your whole thing is about like, I don't want to, f- like, I'm not going to do anything unless I get paid. I get it from that perspective of like, he's a mercenary, all this stuff, but goddamn, like you are corny as fuck cloud. Like do something like handle your business. Like it's annoying as hell. Um, so he's, he's, he's an asshole. I don't like him. Um, I'm actually kind of mad at the other characters too, because it's like, there's these unspoken rules behind, like, um, you, you, you already know that cloud and Tifa have an, have a, um, have a relationship because they grew up together, but it is also one of those things where it's like the weird sexual tension that they have. Most actual human beings would have kind of addressed it and they just don't want to talk about it. And it's weird and stupid. Um, and also every job that he gets, no one pays his ass. And he still does jobs for motherfuckers. Why? Why are you still doing jobs for people when no one wants to pay you? You are the biggest simp of all simps. Cloud is a simp. Hashtag Cloud is a simp. It's fine. But Cloud is a dumbass for not getting paid. And it's also weird. And this is where I go into my rant, if you haven't noticed already. But the other part of it that makes me mad is that you're supposed to care about this group of ragtag eco-terrorists right it is the classic fight the man story but they don't give you any they don't give you any context for why you should hate shinra they don't give you any reasons for hating why you should or why you should take the energy to care about this group of folks who want to take down this mega corporation uh and maybe that information comes a little bit later in the story i just haven't seen it yet but I'm not going to front like Avalanche is also a dick ass uh, uh, organization as well. Like they are literally blowing up stuff with no consequences, with no feeling towards the people that they are hurting. They will maybe mention it, but they don't do anything. But like, yo, oh, man, we blew up this reactor and all these people had all this debris fall in their houses. People died in the in 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 the explosion. But we got to keep fighting the man because that's collateral damage and whatever. So who cares about those people who are dying or who we've ruined their lives and ruined their jobs and all this other stuff? 
And I'm just like, why am I supposed to fight? Why am I supposed to care about Avalanche right now? Like, why am I supposed to? Well, like, why am I supposed to root for them? Like, I don't find any energy or information or feeling like they're the good guys in this way. It's I'm probably one of the weirdos who's like, I'm kind of fighting. I'm like kind of repping for Team Shinra right now. Like, yo, Team Shinra, y'all got all the cool stuff. You got all these eco-terrorists trying to blow up all your shit for no reason. Uh, maybe they're not the bad guys. <laughs> I'm sure every woke person who listens to Spawn on me just threw up a fist and was like, yo, Khalif is, is, is a part of the corporation lovers uh, 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 association right now. And we have to ban him uh, because he's not a good human being because he wants the corporations to win. But in Final Fantasy VII, I kind of want the corporations to win. I don't want I don't want Avalanche to win because they kind of suck. Um, I will say Barrett is less racist this time around, which is great. Uh, he was very, very racist in the beginning game, which is one of the reasons why I didn't like it. Um, it feels like they've definitely addressed that in, in this particular game. And, I, and he's likable, kind of, sort of. Um, and the other cast of characters are kind of throwaway. They, 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 they're, they're there for comic relief um, uh, in the way that it, in the way that it works. So it's like, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is um, in that respect. So I'm, I'm thoroughly confused by that part of the game. I wish that that was a thing that they, they could fix in a real way. Um, but it, it's, it's part of that game, right? It's a part of the way that that thing works. Um, and it, it makes me really try to like figure out and, and, and pool in my mind, the ideas around, you know, why, this game has resonated so well with so many people over so many years. Like I kind of don't understand the reasons why after playing what I've been playing so far, like I'm not really sure why I'm supposed to care and why people like it so much. Um, I was kind of worried that that was going to be a, a part of my thought process going in. I like, like honestly, the reason I'm playing it now is because I wanted to, kind of proved to myself that I wasn't hating on it just for the sake of hating on it. Um, I'm human. I, I have done that before. Um, but I wanted to give this game a fair shake and, and definitely give it the, the, the due that it deserves because so many people find it to be a beloved title, but man, like I'm not struggling through it because the combat is, is great, but anytime they cut away from combat and go into story bits, I don't care. And I'm like, why did other people care about this thing? Um, so I'm trying to, to, to rectify that and also try to, you know, work my brain around, you know, why that is, um, something to think about in a real way. Um, I will definitely give everybody in Bricago a update once I have finished the game, um, to see if the turns that I'm expecting to happen that everyone talk about that are the ones that make you care about these characters happen, excuse me. Um, and we'll see. Uh, if I feel that way once I finished it, but I'm, I'm halfway through, uh, and it feels like right now, you know, I'm still very, very confused as to why people are super hyped about the final fantasy seven remake game. Uh, but again, you know, thank you. Huge, massive. Thank you to the, to the wonderful folks over at square Enix for providing code. Um, they have given me the opportunity to, to, to actually play this thing and, and check it out in a real way. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that and I'll, definitely share some of those thoughts online uh, as soon as I'm able to finish the game. Um, but for now, uh, to wrap up the show and to finish it out, we're going to talk about 
who is coming to the cookout. So this week, we have a very, very special um, cookout honoree, uh, is the way I'd like to probably put it. Uh, we have a very special guest at the cookout this week. Uh, if you're familiar with Spawnami's origin story, you know that this person is a huge part of that story. It is someone who I love and adore and, and, and is family and, you know, want to give them the most love on the planet. It is the fam, the one and only Sean Alexander Allen, uh, who is the maker of Treachery and Beatdown City, which came out this week uh, on Switch and on PC. Um, I have to say, I am a huge fan of, of, of Sean's work. I have been uh, in love with Treachery and Beatdown City since I first saw it. It is this uh, RPG side scroll and beat em up. It feels a little bit like uh, a turn based RPG, which it is, uh, but it also has a little bit of um, uh, exploring uh, elements to it as well, where you kind of work around this top down map um, and use all these cool uh, uh, maneuvers and, and, and grapples and, and, and fights and fighting maneuvers uh, to work your way while you save uh, a, a faux President Obama uh, in Treachery and Beatdown City. Um, it is dope. Like it is a game that I love with my whole heart. Like, I think it is one of the coolest ideas that I've seen in a very long time. Um, <clears throat> and what I love about it is it continues to showcase the dopeness that you, that you, that you get from black and brown creators in the space. Um, you know, there are games that we've seen pushed out into the world for a very long time that don't have the flavor and style that this game has. Um, and knowing Sean for as long as I have, um, and understanding <clears throat> just how much he's put his heart, mind and soul and the rest of the team have put their heart, mind and soul into making this game uh, a, a real thing. And to see it finally come out into the world, like brings me nothing but joy. Um, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of that team. So proud of all the folks who are, you know, connected to that game in a real way. Um, and it just makes me really happy to see someone, you know, who's put so much good work into um, all the things that he does for fighting for, you know, diversity, uh, uh, making the game developers of color uh, expo or being part of that crew who's made the game, the game developers of color expo, um, seeing someone like that champion, you know, all the things that we believe in and spawn on me and all the good, the good energy that, that, that comes along with that. Um, just makes me love that cat. And, um, you know, like he's such a good dude. Um, Sean, if you're out there and you listen to the show, I love you, fam. Um, Marco, uh, Marco and, and the rest of the crew, like love y'all. Uh, I'm so excited for this game to come out and to finally get a chance to play it. Um, uh, and I think it's a thing that you should all check out too, because I think it's fantastic to support, uh, people who are making their dreams come true and making games that you and I should enjoy and will enjoy. Uh, when you have the chance to to actually dig into it and, and get a chance to play it. So again, massive love to, to Sean and to the rest of the crew on Treachery and Beatdown City. It is out now. You can get it on Switch, get it on PC. Um, definitely play it. Tell them that we sent you. Uh, give them some love from us um, and uh, let them know that, you know, Spawn of Me wouldn't be where it is right now uh, if it wasn't for him. 
and uh, he definitely needs to know what the deal is with that. Um, so massive love to him, massive love to everyone over here in Chicago, both in Twitch land and in podcast land. I want to say massive love to you all tonight for coming through and coming out and hanging. Shout out to everybody who subscribed with their Twitch Prime subs and with their other subs and bits and all the other good parts. Um, I haven't been streaming because it's been a little bit difficult to kind of um, feel good these days. I'll be honest about it. I've been a little bit down um, in terms of uh, wanting to make content. So, you know, with the state of the world, it's been very difficult. Um, but I appreciate everybody who's rocked with me and, and who continues to rock with us here, uh, trying to get the energy back up so we can do some more streaming um, and do some more things. We have I have a couple of projects that are coming up. Uh, we're just finalizing a couple of things that I think may be pretty damn dope. Um, some collaborations with some folks who uh, uh, you may know and you may not know, but also some really interesting things coming down the pipe for me personally um, and spawning me as a as a show and as a podcast. So again, thank you everybody for coming through tonight. The show will be out in probably another 24 hours. So uh, massive love to you all. And tonight we say peace. Good night. <laughs>